Testing our bodily threshold to extreme temperatures is all the rage right now. Whether that means sweating it out in an infrared sauna or taking the plunge into an ice bath, everyone is testing the limits of comfort. I think part of the fad has to do with getting back to basics, using nature to heal rather than medicine. But does it provide any health benefits? Or is it just for bragging rights? Can it be downright dangerous? I saw Kristen Bell post an instructional pool plunge video on Instagram the other day. Take a listen. I'm going to show you this awful little adventure I'm testing out. Morning cold plunge. And it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal, but you know that no part of your day will be as awful as that. So I gave it a try in my friend's pool, which was 55 degrees, and I'm not gonna lie, it was pure torture, but Kristen Bell was right. The rest of the day seemed a lot easier in comparison. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie, and you are listening to Off the Radar, a production of the National Weather Desk. On the show, we dig deep into topics about weather, climate, the ocean, space, and much, much more. Our goal is to help you better understand the weather and to love it as much as we do. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today, we go off the radar and take a deep dive into the cold plunge. For this, I'm speaking to Dr. John White. Dr. White is a board-certified internist and is the chief medical officer at WebMD. This is a big fad catching on, co-plunging, and um, I've seen a lot of different versions of it. We get a lot of videos of people jumping in oceans or jumping in frozen lakes. So can you start by telling me what actually qualifies as a cold plunge? So a cold plunge is where you're uh, jumping into or plunging into a body of cold water. And usually what we define as uh, the measure for a cold plunge is around 50 degrees. Now, we don't do a very scientific measurement of the temperature, but that's typically uh, the temperature that we see. And that can either be in a pool, in the ocean, it could be in a barrel. That's what people are doing nowadays. Thor is doing it, Chris Hemsworth. So if it's good enough for Thor, you know, it's good enough for the rest of it. <laughs> well, it looks truly awful. It looks torturous. What are the benefits? You know, we really don't know what the benefits are of a cold plunge. We do know that cold can be very helpful, such as ice, when we have a sore muscle or initially when we have some injury. Because in the short term, it reduces inflammation. It helps with pain. I don't know if we can translate that to immersing yourself or plunging yourself into very cold water. Basically, the cold plunge is a shock to your system. It's a stress on your system. And that's where the concern is. Because what's happening is you're shunting, you're moving blood from your extremities to your heart, 
your brain, your lungs, because they view this as stress. So what happens is after a few minutes, you may actually lose some movement in your extremities, in your hands and your legs, because you're shunting blood to your heart. It also causes a phenomenon called vasoconstriction, which means you clamp down on your blood vessels because you're trying to preserve oxygen. So if you have high blood pressure, you have a history of heart disease, that can potentially cause a problem. So there are some dangers. There's a lot of claims and they they seem kind of speculation, like it may reduce inflammation. It may help recovery for athletes. Are there studies being done on the benefits and, and the drawbacks? There's a lot of discussion around, does it help with our lymphatic system, which removes toxins from our body? Does it help with immune function? I got to tell you, there's more data on infrared saunas heat than there actually is in these cold plunges. Now, if someone's considering a cold plunge, you definitely should talk to your doctor about it first. This underlying heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, other disease conditions can put you at greater risk. You should never do it yourself. You should always have a buddy, a friend with you if you're going to do it in case there is an issue. And I tell people, if you want to try it, acclimate yourself. Do it slowly. Maybe just spend a couple of minutes. Maybe don't aim for that 50 degrees or 55 degrees. Do it a little warmer. And it's also important to keep in mind when you come out of a plunge, take your clothes off, take that bathing suit off and put on warm clothes. You have a warm drink. Wrap yourself in a warm towel. What I don't want you to do is go immediately from a cold plunge to the hot tub or to a really hot shower because that's another shock on your system because you're going from very cold to very hot. And as we get older, it's hard to make that accommodation to those big changes in temperature. And you actually can vasodilate and become dizzy. Oof, okay, good to know because I did that. Um, you know, a lot of people do that. And here's the thing, when you're younger and your body can respond to stress, it's safer. My concern particularly is for those people that are on medications, uh, that are older, that really aren't you know, very fit in terms of they're, they're trying to make changes and they may see this as a way to help. It could, but you should talk to your doctor about it and do it slowly. I've also heard that you, when you do plunge, it's a good idea to go up to your neck. So when we talk about a plunge, and, and sometimes we get caught up in words, you plunge, which means you go in, but you don't submerge. So you don't put your head underwater. Because I'll tell you, 50 degree temperature is when there can be particular danger to your body. So what happens is if you submerge yourself, you go completely underwater, and then you start to inhale water because you may not be used to it, that can fill up your lungs and that can put you at significant risk of drowning. So keep your head above water on those plunges. Is this a similar um, situation to like cryo? Is it cryotherapy where you're just basically in like a freezer? Is it the same sort of process? Yeah. You know, it, it's somewhat different because, and here's a fun fact you lose 25 times as more heat in water than you do in air 25 times more. 
So that's where you really can become at risk of hypothermia, low body temperature. You can see that in some of these cryotherapies or, and freezers. That's always would be my nightmare that you'd be locked <laughs> in a freezer. Uh, but the difference is air, it, it's still an issue, but water, that's why it's particularly dangerous because you're losing heat so much more quickly. Is it a good way to start with maybe just like turning your shower cold for 30 seconds? Three seconds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, a good way could be as... You know, a good way could be making the shower cold. People don't like cold showers and then they want to do a cold plunge. You know, the issues with the polar bear plunges and others, you know, the advantage to that is usually that's done in a controlled environment. It's done very quickly with a lot of other people. They have the appropriate medical personnel, you know, on standby. And, you know, it's not something that you have to completely rule out. You just want to be, uh, you know, mindful and use your common sense. If you're having some health conditions, it might be something that you want to slowly try, but the benefits are mostly anecdotal, meaning we don't really have any controlled studies that show it, it truly is a benefit. But you do have controlled studies about the infrared sauna, and I'm glad you brought that up because I did have a question kind of going the opposite direction. Of That's a whole other topic. We did a whole... I know, I know. But can you can you mention it quickly? Because I, I'm just curious why there is more um, research backing that heat side of things than the yeah. cold side of things. There's a whole section of medicine that deals with thermogenesis, which deals with heat. And what's happening with heat, remember, we're tropical creatures by nature. We like warm more than we do like cold. And in controlled thermogenesis, controlled heat, like an infrared sauna, we're going to stress our body again, but we're going to do it in a way that we're going to increase our heart rate, increase our blood pressure in small ways that can really simulate the benefits of exercise. So there does seem to be some value for the role of sauna. You know, in some areas of the world, particularly in Norwegian countries and Finland, saunas are a natural part of their lives. They have saunas in their home. They spend 15 to 20 minutes in there, particularly in a you know dry sauna. And we're starting to see some health benefits of that. What are the benefits? Well, the benefits are that it's really like exercising. It's not quite the same. You can't substitute going in the sauna for the <laughs> same as exercise, but it's really helping your cardiometabolic fitness because it's increasing your heart rate. It's increasing your blood pressure just for brief periods of time, just as exercise would do. So it's increasing our oxygen capacity. Remember, it's very different than going in very cold water, which shunts your blood from your extremities uh, to your heart and your lungs and your brain, and that makes your extremities weak. That doesn't happen in an infrared sauna. Now, again, you don't spend an hour in a sauna. You spend five, 10 minutes, uh, and that's where you get the benefit. You know, the real concern is that people go in these tubs, they think it's like a hot tub where you stay in there 15 to 20 minutes. And the problem there is that this is a big stress on your body. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can lose uh, awareness of your extremities, and then you actually can't move very well. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's why you need to have a buddy. It's very different if you just jump in and then you come out. That's still something that you want to think carefully about. But staying in there for 10 or 15 minutes at that cold temperature, less than 50 degrees, really can be a risk to there's actually another thing, this is more complicated, but you know, if you stay in longer term, what happens is 
when that when you re-equilibrate, so you come out and been in there 10, 15 minutes, remember you've lost blood circulation in your extremities, you start to get it back, but it's cooler, then your heart still is getting this cold blood. You're still at risk of hypothermia 30 minutes, an hour after you come out. Wow. That's real. That are staying in there 15, 30 minutes, not people that are, you know, just plunging like the polar thing. You see, they go in and then they go, then they come right out. Right. Half, they don't even, half of them don't even go all the way. This is a great topic. I was glad to see it covered because uh, I've been asked by a lot of people about it and I've thought about it, but I, I ultimately decided, I don't know, I, I tried the sauna first. The big issue here is because you lose so much heat in water versus air. That's why it's really a risk. And that is a scientific process um, that very much relates back to weather and meteorology because of heat capacity of water versus air. So... I like that. All right. Yeah. See, we're all tied <laughs> together. Uh, oh, great talking to you. Great to talk to you, too. Thank you so much, Dr. White. A big thanks to Dr. John White for that backstory on cold plunging. Off the Radar is a production of the National Weather Desk. Make sure you're following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes publish every Tuesday. If you know someone that has done cold plunging, please share this episode with them. And feel free to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to let us know what you think of the show. You can also suggest new topics for us to touch upon in future episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. All you have to do is search the National Weather Desk. This show is produced, hosted, and edited by me. Special thanks to Eric Newell and Richard Cook for their contribution. I'm meteorologist Emily Gracie. Make it a great day.